1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com <laughs> Madison High School has been going with Philip Appointment for quite some time now. Six years to be exact. But only once or twice during that period did she have to worry about the eternal triangle. And that's not unusual when your boyfriend is the eternal square. <laughs> Still, I must admit, I did see Green about two weeks ago when Mr. Boynton began dating a young society beauty named Lucy Fairchild. I got angry, we had an argument, and I finally asked Mr. Boynton to choose between us. did he want a beautiful young society girl with a million dollars or a steadily employed English teacher with a guaranteed pension in 20 years. (laughs) Oddly enough, he chose me. And to make my happiness complete, our beloved principal, Mr. Conklin, invited the two of us to spend this past weekend with him and Mrs. Conklin at their cabin on Crystal Lake. Friday morning, my landlady was in my room with me, helping me pack when she suddenly began to get sentimental. Connie, do you realize this is the first time we've been separated in almost a year? Oh, I am going to miss you, dear. Promise me you'll write every day. But Mrs. Davis, I'm only going to be gone two days. Why, I'd be home before the first letter reached you. Ah, how nice. Then we could both sit down and read it together.
0: (laughs) Better still, why
1: don't I write the letter now and let you read it to me while I'm packing? I know just what I'd say in it. I tell you what a wonderful time I'm having with Mr. Boynton. I hope it comes true, dear. It's just too bad Osgood will be around to pester you two. You're not kidding. Ever since Mr. Conklin saved Mr. Stone by pulling him out of that open elevator shaft, he's been playing the hero role to the hilt. (laughs) <laughs> so to spend the weekend with Mr. Boynton, I can even bear Mr. Conklin. Oh, Connie. I oh, know it's a touchy subject, but... Well, has Mr. Boynton really given up that society, girl? Oh, absolutely. Mr. Boynton is through with the Crepes-Avettes crowd. I think he realizes now that we donut bankers were made for each other.
0: <laughs>
1: Still, I wonder... Wonder what, Mrs. Davis? Well, it's probably just my imagination, but this whole thing reminds me of a book I read. Huh? You and Mr. Boynton going up to a lonely cabin in the woods. It's before the regular season opens, nobody around. He's torn between you and that society girl. He takes you out in a shaky rowboat. Connie... It's an American tragedy all over again. An American tragedy? Oh, Mrs. Davis, you certainly have an imagination. What an utterly fantastic thought. Oh, of course it is, dear. Of course it is. It's an utterly fantastic idea. (laughs) Look, Mrs. Davis, for your information, Mr. Boynton has never even read an American tragedy. Now let's just forget the whole... Oh, that's Walter to drive me to school. Come in, Walter. The door's open. Mrs. Davis, please, not a word to Walter about what we've been discussing, or I'll never hear the end of it. Honey, I'll give you my word. My lips are sealed. Oh, no, you know, when I give anyone my word, I could be drowning, and I... Oh, oh, how do you Oh, good morning, Walter. And the good morning to the two fairest ladies of my acquaintance. Hey, it looks like you're practically all set for the big weekend, Miss Brooks. Yes, Walter? A mad, glorious weekend away from classrooms, books, and American-born students who refuse to learn the English language. Yeah, but you'll still have old Marblehead. You'll have Mr. Conklin with you. Harriet says that living with him these days is like living with a combination of John Wayne and Sirius (laughs) Fosdick. called Keep Your Head. It covers the entire school bulletin board. Thirty-two stanzas. Did you read this it, Miss Brooks? It's all about courage. I read it, Walter, and for the first time, I was glad I was a coward. <laughs> hey, Mr. Conklin, or no, Mr. Conklin, I'm looking forward to a wonderful weekend. Oh, I don't blame you. You and Mr. Boynton away together in a lonely cabin in the woods before the regular season opens. Nobody near, no society girl around just the two of you out in the lake alone in Mr. Conklin's shaky rowboat. Hey, it's an American tragedy all over again. An American tragedy. I wrote it was the most fantastic thing I ever heard about. In the last 30 seconds. (laughs) Actually, it's a perfectly ridiculous idea. So I wasn't for a minute implying that such a thought would ever enter, Mr. Boynton said. Well, I'm glad of that. Now, just forget the whole thing. why has he been reading that book for the past three weeks? (laughs) <laughs> he's been reading in the American Academy? Oh, but Connie, what difference does it make? There's probably no connection between the two. Oh, of course not. No connection between the two, none at all. None whatsoever absolutely no connection now the whole thing is absurd Walter the whole idea of going up to the cabin was Mr. Conklin not Mr. Boynton's idea and I, I don't expect to out right on the lake up there anyway <laughs> sure there's no comparison between the two situations <laughs> I'm sorry if I made you nervous First, nervous me nervous don't be silly Walter I don't want to rush you but don't you think you should be on your way to school right Mrs. Davis I'm all ready come on Walter let's get it. Your boat and row to school oh, good morning, Harriet. Oh hi, Miss Why so depressed this morning, dear? I just left Daddy's office. If you were just entering, you'd have an even better reason. <laughs> oh, honestly, since Daddy rescued Mr. Stone a few weeks ago, there's simply no living with him. Mother says she's heard so many stanzas of his poem, Keep Your Head. She's losing hers. (laughs) Gosh, I certainly don't envy you being up at Crystal Lake with Daddy over the weekend. Well, with Mr. Boyden along to keep me company, I'm certain I'll manage. Oh, of course. It should be great for the two of you. Away together in our lonely cabin in the woods, before the regular season opens. Nobody around for miles. That society girl forgotten. Just the two of you out on the lake alone in Daddy's wobbly rowboat. Harriet, I won't have you implying this is another American tragedy. But it looks always an implying. You won't? Of course not. There's certainly no reason to be suspicious of a man just because he suggested to Daddy that he open his cabin and invite you along. <laughs> uh, Mr. Barnum asked your father to open his cabin? And invite me along? Is this Mr. Boynton's idea? Yes, but that's certainly nothing to be upset about. Upset? He's upset. Why should I be upset? Besides, Mr. Boynton has never said anything about going out in any boat. He's never mentioned that. Never once. So why should I be upset? Good morning, Miss Boynton. <laughs> <laughs> I do to deserve such a charming greeting. <laughs> now, step into my office, please. I want to have a word with you. Yes, sir. I'll see you later, Harry. Bye, Miss Brooks. Uh, you need to sit down since this won't take a minute, Miss Brooks. I presume you've seen my poem on the bulletin board. I posted it yesterday, just before lunch. You couldn't miss it, the Cafeteria. Did you read it? Yes, sir, and it saved me lunch money. <laughs> I read it, sir. The first two stanzas I consider the most important. Keep <coughs> your head, my Osgood conference. When others about you show panic and fear, just keep your head and never lose cheer. The world makes room for the heart that is brave so just keep your head. Ride the crest of the wave. Uh, Miss Brooks, tell me truthfully, have you ever heard anything so inspirational? Not since Casey at the back. Now, on my desk this morning was this piece of paper, and on it is a dastardly satire from an ignorant buffoon made of those precious verses. Go on and read it, Miss <laughs> Brooks. When others about you show panic and fear, just keep your head like a good glass of beer. <laughs> the world makes room for the heart that is brave, so just keep your head. You'll have something to shave. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have done this to me, Miss Brooks? Who could have played this gas trick on our good constable? Who? Mr. are you listening to me? Oh, you hear what I said? Oh, pardon me, Mr. Thompson. I, I really don't know who could have written it. Will you excuse me now, sir? I'm not myself today. I feel a little nervous. Oh, well, then this weekend with us up at the lake will do you good. You'll have plenty of opportunity to be alone with Mr. Boynton. You've always wanted that, haven't you? Yes, but not quite this way. That is, it should be nice, sir. It certainly should be for both of you. But There's something you asked me yesterday, has not to a little puzzled? Something he asked you? Yes, yes. He asked me, did I have a good, strong rowboat? A <laughs> G- good, strong rowboat. He asked you that? Well, when did he ask you that? Well, right after he asked me how deep the middle of the lake was. <laughs> how, how deep the middle of the lake was? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Looks like Mr. Boynton plans to drown you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Madamus folks. Where's your sense of humor? I was only joking. I'm certain such a delightful, uh, hideous thought. <laughs> oh no, I'm certain it didn't, sir. Absolutely certain. Now, please, please excuse me, Miss book Where are you going? Down to the pool to learn to swim. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing at all, Mr. Barnum. Well, nice bumping into you. On dry land, that is. (laughs) Next week sometime. Bye. Next week. (laughs) Miss Brooks, what are you talking about? You haven't forgotten our trip this weekend, have you? Oh, no. I remember the weekend under Crystal Lake. On Crystal Lake. But frankly, I've been thinking of staying home this weekend. But Miss Brooks, you promised to go. I thought we'd patched up our little difference. And I really have been looking forward to it. You really have been looking forward to it? Yes, and I've uh, made some plans. (laughs) A little on the romantic side, if you know what I mean. It doesn't matter. With me, both sides are romantic. (laughs) how could I have been so silly? Uh, What are your plans, Mr. Boynton? Well, tonight after dinner, just as the full moon comes out in a perfect blue sky, we'll go out in Mr. Conklin's rowboat. (laughs) big, powerful oar. And I'll show you how to sit so you don't rock the boat. And even if you do fall into the lake, I can swim. Look, why are you looking at me that way? What is it? I think I know what's bothering you. You're mystified as to my actual reason for this trip. Oh, no, isn't that it? No, I've read Chapter 23. My <laughs> actual reason for going up to the lake is to gather first-hand information on the nocturnal habits <laughs> of the. I'm doing some highly confidential research work for a biological paper I'm writing. I wasn't even going to tell you until we got up there. The only other reason you wanted to go out with me in a rowboat tonight? <laughs> what did you think I wanted to go out with you for? To repeat an American tragedy? <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfectly crazy idea. How could a thought like that even enter my mind? <laughs> of course. Well, I've got a class now, Miss Brooks. I'll pick you up at your house at 4 o'clock sharp. I'll just honk my horn and you come out. I should be all packed by then, but if I'm not right out... Fed water for, uh, wait for a few minutes, will you? <laughs> everything he's done so far clearly indicates he plans to marinate Miss Brooks tonight. Oh, good. Please stop hiding under that top pollen. And to see you sooner or later. Believe me, Brooksy girl, your sure good knows what he's doing. i collected facts from Walter Benton, Harriet, and Miss Brooks herself, and there's no question about it. Boynton plans to end his romantic obligations to Miss Brooks by bashing her over the skull and using her as bath bait. But <laughs> well, I am going to save her. Save, save, save. i did get pulled Mr. Stone out of that elevator shaft and became a hero, you've been simply impossible. Now, please get out of that boat before they come down here. Worry not for your Osgood safety, my pet. He knows how heroes are expected to act in emergencies, and he shall not be found one thing. The world makes room for the heart of his grave, so just keep your head. And you have something to shave. <laughs> Satire. For 20 years, I've slapped a Delilah to my bosom. You're <laughs> coming now. Please get out of that boat. Oh, very well, be a hero. And when Mr. Boynton finds you hiding under that top horn, I hope he hangs something besides a medal under your eye. <laughs> was no doubt in Mr. Conklin's mind, Mr. Boynton was going to end his romantic idol with Miss Brooks by using her to fatten up the fishes. So, to present another American tragedy, when the two took his robot on Crystal Lake, he hid himself under the top. Oh, gosh, isn't it nice and peaceful out here on the lake, Mr. Boynton? Oh, it sure is, Miss Brooks. Uh, I, I wonder if you'd mind... Ugh, that is... Well, can I hold your hand... I doubt it. We're about eight feet apart. You could sit closer. Uh, Why don't you sit on that tarpaulin? No, thanks. I tried it before, and I felt like I was sitting on a massive whale rubber. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Oh, probably the mating call of the speckled-throated bullfrog. Would you like me to tell you about the love life of the frog, Miss Brooks? Right now, I'm trying to develop one of my own. I mean, some other time, Mr. Boynton. Well, uh, maybe I could move a little closer to you. No, stay where you are. I'll come to you. Very well. Only be careful. This boat's awfully shaky. Now, here, I'll hold the oar up high and give you... Oh, Miss (laughs) Boynton! There'll be no American faculty in this. Mr. Conklin, then it was you under the tarpaulin. See, I told you it felt like a massive whale blubber. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, what are you doing in this boat? What am I doing? Miss Brooks, wherever a human life is in peril, there you will find Osgood <laughs>
0: Conklin. And Beth
1: Borton, what are you doing out here on the lake with Miss Brooks and that oar? We're rowing around studying the nocturnal habits of the speckled bullfrog. Good boy, I knew if I put it to you that way, you'd confess. You were going to bash your head in, drown her, then swim to shore, and plead as you're rowing around studying the habits of the speckled You, but let's face it, Mr. Boynton was not trying to drown me. Not trying to drown you? But he can't do this to me. I mean, I, I worked so hard to be a, a, a. Well, just to play it safe, Boynton, I'll take that oar. But, sir, this is preferred. Nothing will happen in this boat as long as Osgood Conklin is here. That's just the trouble. <laughs> sir. Very well, if you won't give it to me, I'll have to risk it from you. Release that oar, boy! Yes. Oh, good so gosh, there goes our only oar. Oh, we'll never find it in the dark. Our only oar? Yes, and heaven knows where we are on this lake. We've been drifting for an hour. We're probably miles from land by now. How are we going to get back without an oar? Uh, sir. Frankly, I'm worried, too. There's no one else on this lake. Who knows how long we'll be out here. And why are we all so nervous? True, this is a period of crisis. But luckily you have our good captain aboard. I shall be your captain. We're dead. <laughs> what Mr. Boynton said is right, sir. It might be days before we're rescued. There's nothing to eat in the boat. With the little ingenuity, Boynton, we'll find something to eat. Don't look at me, sir. I'm indigestible. <laughs> but first I'll run this ship the way it should be run. Mr. Boyden, you will sit fore and keep a sharp lookout for smoke on the horizon. And folks, you may sit aft and troll for small fish with a bobby pin tied on a shoelace. <laughs> Here's steer here the boat manually using that good old north star as my guide. But, sir, that's the moon you're pointing at. And I thought it seemed a rather odd shape for a star. <laughs> Let's try to get organized, shall we? Clear thinking is the ticket. Lacking an orb, we shall need to improvise a sail immediately. I'll need some large white garments. Miss Brooks. You won't get a stitch from me. (laughs) Well, then, Boynton, I suggest we use your shirt as a sail. Second the motion. And let's throw in his undershirt, too, sir. His shirt ought to do nicely. But sir, can't we wait until morning for all this? You obey orders, Boynton, while I am captain of this ship. That we can dispense with your levity, Miss Brooks. And now, before anything else, as a source of hope and inspiration, let us all bow our heads and prayfully intone the first verse of my poem. Keep your head, <laughs> oh, I, Osbaldistone. Why not let me try to swim to shore for help, sir? But Miss Brooks, you can't swim. Well, there's no time like the present to learn. <laughs> hey, am I imagining things, or is this boat sinking? Sinking. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, you're right! There's a leak. A leaf! Where? 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 Good grief! Water's coming in! There is a leaf! The boat's sinking! I can't swim!
0: Uh,
1: I don't think this boat can last five minutes the way the water's coming in. <laughs> Maybe much swear. Well, keep your head, boys, and don't get panicking! Don't get panicking, boys! Will you kindly explain just why my big hero suddenly went to pieces? You went to pieces? I... Why, Martha, what a fantastic idea. Oh, I will admit I was a little upset, but it was more for the safety of Mr. Boyden and, and Miss Brooks than myself. My first concern was for their safety. Isn't that so, Miss Brooks? Well, what do you say, Miss Brooks? The next time you run Mr. Conklin's bath, be sure you throw in a life-preserver. <laughs> Whatever fools he attempts to run along.